You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, June 25th. 2018 you're listening to episode 317 my name is rob jason is here as well as usual we are back from origins and boy are we tired yeah i mean i am i'm assuming you are too oh i'm exhausted yeah yeah and i wasn't only there for two days yeah but lots happened and uh we'll talk about that at some point on the show it's busy great busy days Yeah. yeah yeah very much so um, but, uh, so yeah, it's good. Nice to be home. Uh, I had a good time. Um, I didn't buy much. I guess you didn't either, huh? Two games and they're both kids games. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I bought two things as well. Uh, what did I get? I got, uh, I got the Lark Lamp. Lark Lamp. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a neat thing. Um, it's a, this is guy, a guy, uh, you know, he's just a, a single, single, um, game designer and, and, you know, it, starting his own thing basically he, he uh has a uh, a laser cut wooden lamp that um mm-hmm. that he's he's designed and put together and uh, uh has a light inside of it and uh and you have these plastic films that you put on all four sides of the lamp and when you're in uh and they have designs on them and so when you turn on turn down the lights and turn on the light in the lamp it projects shapes onto the tabletop uh around the the lamp and and they're mm-hmm. like spaces and things and and you can play a little game, move your pieces around on, on those spaces. And you can do things like you can uh, swap the films between different sides of the lamp. You can mm-hmm. turn them around 180 degrees from each other. And it was really, it's a really clever and cool and unique and, and stylish thing. So um, that was, it was just too neat for me to not pick it up. Yeah. I, if it had not been so friggin' expensive, it was pricey. Yeah. I would have gotten it, but yeah. man. And also, I really wanted the wooden box that came in, which was another twenty bucks. And I was like, no yeah. way. So the downside of it is that when you put that lamp together, when you fully assemble it, it doesn't fit in the box anymore. Right, which is probably so, why he sells the box for it. Right? Well, but even then, I looked at, uh, I compared the wooden boxes that he was selling uh, to the cardboard boxes that were standard, and oh. you would still have to disassemble it to put it into a wooden box. Which is kind of a bummer. Right. At least um, it's a game that would look good. Just out. left out, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think what I'll probably do is I'll just like take those those screens or those films out and put them in, you know, back. They come in an envelope. So I'll put those back in the envelope in the main box, but I'll leave the lamp assembled. Right. Um, that's my plan. But uh, yeah, so, so the game, it came with the base game that was four player only. Um, and so I also bought the uh, the second game to go with it, which is a new, new set of pieces and some cards. And some additional films, and that's a two to four player game. Base game is four player only. Yeah, which is which is too bad. Tells me that guy hasn't done a lot of designing. I mean, probably no not. Thing, I'm just saying, right? Yeah, four probably. player only. He also never mentioned that when he was talking to me about it. I I asked, and then he pointed that out to me. Yeah, and so. then you were like, I guess I'll buy the other one. Yeah, I guess I kind of have to buy the other mm-hmm. one because because yeah. it feels like he was assembling everything himself. Like, mm-hmm. why not let you pick which game you want, right? Like that would yeah. have been well. They were all pre shrink wrapped, is all. I'm just saying pre packaged. No, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and he said that he's working on uh, developing a new game for it every year, one new game to add on to it every year that would still play with the lamp. Um, and that for his next one for 2019, uh, he's looking at doing an RPG, which I think is cool. Which is kind of once I heard that, I was like, oh well, now I kind of have to buy it because because <laughs> that's that's gonna probably be a fun. I hope it's fun, but it's probably going to be kind of lightweight, you know? Right. Um, which which is the kind of RPG that I'm into. You know what I bet happens instead? What? I bet instead he ends up developing a co-op game instead of an RPG, and he makes that, and then you hate it. You'll be like, this is the worst. It's a g- decent chance of that. Real-time co-op. I really feel like my um, my feelings about co-op games were, were kind of solidified this weekend <laughs> playing my co-op game um, well actually the mind as well the you mind as well really yeah. hated that that's where i was like i finally hit it, like I, I was playing with the guy and and the first two rounds i was like what what is even happening i have no idea what we're doing and it doesn't make sense and you're kind of an a-hole and then we played a third round 
And I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm okay with this. And the guy said, so you get it now? I said, yeah. Can we play like one more round? He said, sure. Yeah. Okay. And I played that one more round. And I was like, yeah, I hate this. <laughs> so had you, had you just not kept playing, you may have bought it. Yeah. And then been like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. I don't like mistake. this. That's cool. I would have taken it. I actually really just want to try it with Steph and see like playing back and forth how that would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and like thinking about that afterwards, I, it was, it was where I kind of like, yeah, I just, I'm not into co-op games. The only one that I've ever enjoyed was uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, Which doesn't feel super co-op-y. It doesn't. I mean, it and is, I, but it's, it doesn't. And I think that's why I liked it because everybody's still kind of playing their own game. Right. Yeah. Except for my experience with the game is always everybody looks like they're having more fun with their characters than I am with mine yeah, right. every time. You just need to pick better characters, man. Man, I picked the one that was like Batgirl. Like, that should have yeah, been cool. Whichever one was the speedster was always yeah. my favorite. I never got to try that, but you said, play with the speedster you'd like that. Because I always just felt like I couldn't yeah. do enough in that game, and it was yeah. kind of boring. Yeah, I think but. she she's like lets you chain a bunch of stuff together so you can do a lot on your turn. And I always liked her a lot. Yeah, because it makes you feel clever, right? You're yeah. like, oh, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, um, I, I should backtrack though, Jason, um, and tell you, uh, about another game that I played before I went to Origins. Sure. Uh, and I got to look at the name here because uh, I'm probably going to screw it up if I don't. Naturally, I deleted the picture of it from my phone. Why would you do that? I don't know. That seems dumb. Yeah. I try to be mindful of the space on my phone. Really? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Typically, if it's a picture that I took just to tweet it or something, then I'll delete it the next time I look at my album. Anyway, it was a it was a professional wrestling RPG. Um, nice. You told me you were gonna play that. Yeah, it's like worldwide wrestling or something. I, I don't remember exactly what it is. Anyway, it was super fun. Uh, 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 uh my one of my wife's friends. I, I finally met her husband. And he's he uh turned out to be a, a huge gamer. He's really into RPGs. Uh, he likes little weird things like that. Uh, he's a big Delta Green player, big Cthulhu player too. At, at any rate, so he invited me to join his game group one night f- to play that pro wrestling RPG. And I tell you, I could not have less interest in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I just just doesn't make sense. Pro wrestling to me. RPG though sounds like fun, but it was a goofy good time. Yeah, we had we had a blast doing it. I can't imagine there's like like if it was somebody who was like this is an MMA RPG. I might expect that the people take it super serious and I wouldn't yeah. want to be with that group. Yeah. Uh, for fear that if I beat them in the game, they might beat me up in real life. But like professional wrestling, like anybody who's willing to play in our, that intersection of I like professional wrestling and I like RPGs. Yeah. Those those people want something funny, yeah. right? Yeah. Now that said, if I had known more, if I was more familiar with, with wrestling and, you know, and, and the language of it and, you know, the, the tropes of it in more intimately familiar, I probably would have had even more fun because there were a couple of guys in the group that really knew wrestling and were like on it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I've absorbed enough of it through some of the podcasts that I listen to where, uh, I mean, just people that I listen to on podcasts sometimes talk about wrestling, even though I don't enjoy that part. Also, there's enough people on my Twitter feed that just are bonkers for wrestling. And I don't even know, I don't even know how that happened. Um, so through all that, I sort of absorbed a baseline understanding of pro wrestling, um, and some of the language and things. Um, but, uh, but it was fun. It was fun. You know, you want to, you do your, you cut your little promos and you, uh, you can play as the announcer sometimes if, you know, if two guys are wrestling in the ring and you're not in this round, then you can be an announcer and kind of call the game or call the match as you go. Um, you know, there's, there's. After the match, back to the locker room. There's interaction stuff there, and I think you could play it as a campaign. But we really mainly just kind of did it as a one shot. Right. Yeah. Um. It was really fun. It was what really was fun. the name of your character? Well, so, uh, I my, my archetype or 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 class or whatever the language there is. He was the veteran, right? So he's the guy okay. who's been doing it for thirty years. So in his career, um, he uh he started out wrestling, um. Uh, he was going kind of high concept. This is the backstory for my character. So he was, go- he was going kind of kind of high concept, uh, and you know, um, really kind of kind of wanted to make an impact on mm-hmm. on the industry and be you know have be unique, right? And so uh, he went by the name the Jonestown Massacre. Um, did you come up with this? I did, yeah. Uh, and uh, and then that that kind of fell out of fashion for a little while. He wasn't he wasn't compared getting, to when it was in fashion. He was he was getting kind of you know he just people seemed to kind of be turned off by it after a little while. 
And uh, was and, he endorsed by Kool Aid? Because if that was a sponsor, that would be amazing. Well, that was a good. That was the joke that was going around <laughs> through much of the night. So, so then he changed his name la- a little later in his career to uh, to Heaven's Gate. He tried to be, you know, instead of being so negative, like the massacre, he wanted to be more, more, you know, more uplifting. And about like, another thing, where be, a bunch of people be, died. Be for the no hero, reason? and so he wanted to become Heaven's Gate. Uh, and that really did not last. People were not into that at all. It just <laughs> it just didn't test well. But he went with it anyway. Anyway, so so right now he's gone back to his real name, uh, his actual born name. Which yeah, I mean, it's not his real name. It's but that that's the story that's being told. So his real, true, honest name, as far as the fans know, is David Koresh. Um, <laughs> and so he he was wrestling as David Koresh. He should have just made his name Branch Davidian. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so I, I, I had some, my fans in the audience were, were dressed up like cultists and, uh, it was fun. It was really goofy. I mean, wow. kind of, kind of poor taste, but it was, it was kind of poor taste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. Um, <laughs> it was, it was fun. It was fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but anyway, so that was, that was about a week before origins that, that I did that. Um, and now back to origins and now back to origins. Um, what did I play while I was there? Oh, well, what did you buy specifically? Because I, because I told you. Oh, well, so I'm sorry, I didn't finish what I'd bought. So I bought that Lark Lamp thing, and I also bought Eight Minute Empire, which is uh, from Red Raven, Red Raven Games, I think. Uh huh. Um, which I, I didn't have a chance to test it, but like four people in a row, I was standing at the Playco booth. I spent some time at the Playco booth on yeah. two days, um, um, demoing Tea Party. I sold. I was there for two hours on Thursday and sold five copies. And I was there for one hour on, or sorry, two hours on Friday, one hour on Saturday, and I sold and I sold three copies in that hour, and and that was really really fun. Um, you know that game's so easy to demo, mm-hmm. uh, and there were some people that just just like instantly get it right and love it, right? You know, um, yeah. But anyway, um, so while I was there at the Playco booth, like four people walked by and were talking about Eight Minute Empires. And I don't think it's a brand new game. They were just talking about how awesome it is, uh, and then. Uh, um, one of the uh, one of the the guys from Calliope Games stopped by to chat with uh, Mike and Deanna um, of Playco, and he was he was just chatting about them. And and one of the one of the, just the the attendees was holding a copy of Eight Minute Empires in his hand, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh man, that is the best game in this entire thing." Yeah, I mean, I love this game; it's one of my favorite games of all time. And and you know, and somebody is like, "Ah, well, I'm sure it's not really eight minutes." And he's no seriously. You, it's like playing a full game of Risk in eight minutes. If everybody playing knows what they're doing, you can literally play that in eight minutes. Wow! And and with that kind of you know, so many people saying that, and you know, it, I had I just had to, I, so I went over and picked it up. It was like twenty five bucks, which seems reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. So, so those those are the only two things I bought. Cool, and that's an older game, right? Yeah, it's been out for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so anyway, how about yourself? Uh, I bought uh, Karuba Junior. Um, which I've never heard of Karuba, but apparently it's like there's pirates. Yeah, I've heard of Karuba. And it's a co-op, and you're uh, trying to like get the gold before the pirates steal it. Yeah. Uh, but it's co-op, so for the kids, that'll be easy. And then the other co-op game we bought is uh, Where's the Wolf, I think it's called. Where's the Wolf? Uh, and uh, that is a blue-orange game. And uh, the uh, the uh, wolf is trying to get to the the like the chicken coops or sheep what all the different animal pens yeah and you're trying to by memory uh, flip over the right things and when you flip over a wolf you he moves forward and you put him back right and you Ooh. have to keep going you know hoping your kids don't keep flipping the wolf and likely my daughter will just do that every turn because that's so cool. yeah and there's five of them out there so you're gonna he's gonna move probably five times during the game so mm. and it's probably six or seven that loses you the game so you gotta you know, just go. Yeah, but I have a feeling that my kids will likely, well, my daughter will likely just sabotage us. Yeah, she likes to destroy so, things. She does. She likes to see the world burn. She does. Some people just like to see the world burn, <sighs> yeah. my daughter being one of them. Totally watched that on the TV in the hotel while yeah. I was there, like twice, because everything on my TV was either home shopping channels, sports, or uh, HBO and Cinemax. And Sounds about right. HBO, oh, and, you know, and um, pay-per-view porn. Um so I mainly you just, only charge that on work trips though usually right yeah only when I'm on all, yeah because I can expense that um, so it was meals and entertainment is that is that how that works well right yeah uh, so I basically I watched The Dark Knight twice I watched Tomb Raider Cradle of, of Life twice um, I don't remember what else doesn't matter anyway <laughs> yeah uh, yeah 
Yeah. Gosh. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. So what else? Gosh, what else did I play while I was there? Because I was there for a couple of days more than you. Um. I played. I played a game with Chris Kopak and Ruth and Kit. Uh, it was, uh, it was a game, it was a renegade game, uh, uh, like a little, little kind of small deck builder about dragons that, and dragons and tea. Um, and they're, you know, each player's a dragon and one's one, and they all have different tea names. I think I was chamomile and one likes sleepy stuff and one likes entertaining stuff. And one likes, um, I don't know, whatever they like specific things. It was, it was super, super cute. Really yeah. cute. The art was adorable. All the little thematic hooks were just cute as hell. Oh, bitey! Uh, one was bitey. Oh. One really like biting things, like all, like little baby dinosaurs, excuse me, baby dragons. Really, really cute. Um, and it played like garbage. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. We were like halfway through the game, and and Chris was like, uh, he's he, I can see him picking up his phone. He's like, I'm gonna see if I can unload because he had bought a copy that day too. It, mm-hmm. This we were playing Ruth's copy. He's like, I'm gonna see if I can unload this game before I leave and go home. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Ouch. It was really bad. Um, like, and I'm struggling to even describe it, but just like, I don't know. Just not fun. That doesn't sound fun. None fun. There's no. They just like. I don't. Anyway, I I I, I kind of wiped it from my brain because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, this this sucks and I hate this, uh, and so I'm not gonna play it anymore or even thinking about think about it anymore. So good riddance to that. Right. Um, we talked about playing Julio's games. Uh, yep. I was disappointed I didn't get to play Ceylon. Um, but I'm glad that uh, that he, I'm glad that Chris got Neil to play it because honestly Neil's probably the best possible person yeah, yeah. to have read his rules and done that blind play test for him. Oh yeah, for so that's sure. Good, yeah. Did did we talk much? Well, well um, before I move on to other stuff, what did you play? Um, when I was there, I played Julio and I's game, uh, Wild Frontiers. Uh, I played a lot of Obi Newton. Uh, had some really good stuff of that. Uh, I played one game of Mustachioed uh, for yeah. that pitch. Uh, other than that, what else did I play? I mean, I was only there for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I really played anything else. Um, like, yeah, I don't. Did I? Wait, didn't I play something of? I feel like at one point we moved over to play a different game, but then oh, I had to go. They played your game, right? They were playing Red Planet. Yeah, yeah you were right. playing that next to me. That's what it was. Yeah, that was with Neil um, and um, Heather. Yes, Neil Heather? and Heather. Yep. Yeah, it was Heather. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, like that's really all I played. I mean, like my goal was to get in, play test my stuff, yeah. pitch my stuff, and then hopefully hang out with some people and then leave. And that's yeah. what I had to do. So, and then we weren't there very long on Sunday just because the uh, the kids had fun, but Laurel was sick, mm-hmm. uh, still is sick, uh, has bronchitis. That sucks. Oh no, has to take a bunch of oh that's terrible steroids and stuff. So that's cool. Mm. Yeah. We're about to go camping. Yay. Uh, so uh so that poor kid. Yeah, um, no kidding. So anyways, uh yeah, I just found out we uh uh we bought a bed for her, for, like a big kid bed, right? Like she yeah. has a full size bed. And we got a really good deal on the mattress. Uh which like literally a full size bed? Yeah, yeah. That's huge it, for a little girl. It is. Well <laughs> holy cow. So we like six years ago bought this crib that converts to a toddler bed that converts to a full-size bed right okay thinking it converted like a twin but it converts to a full-size bed uh so we paid for it so we're gonna use it wow Uh, well the mattress doesn't fit that we got we couldn't figure out why and steph just texted me that's what i was looking at my phone for uh it's on airplane mode she's got an iphone so we text via wi-fi (laughs) just to be clear uh but anyways uh it uh it said they gave us a queen size mattress that's why it doesn't fit she's like the sheets don't fit either so it's just a little snug, and we're like, well, this bed is kind of funky shaped. No, that's the problem. Wow. So now we have to figure out how to get rid of a mattress back to the... Because obviously it's not our fault they gave us the yeah, wrong size right. mattress, Well, right? you're going to have to come pick it up. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to tell her that like they're, I'm going to be I'm going to go camping tomorrow because we yeah. have to go get our spot. Otherwise, we have to pay a fee oh, for yeah. like canceling because the camping is free for us. We can leave early, but we have to show up because too many people were signing up for the camping place mm. and then not going. So they okay. started charging you 50 bucks to cancel with with uh, less than 24 hours notice. Yeah. Uh, so we just found out two hours ago that Laurel can't camp until Wednesday. So anyways, long story short, mm. yeah, I think I'm just going to call and be like, hey guys, listen, I know delivery costs 100 bucks and we took it home ourselves, but you're going to come get this 
and bring the other one because yeah. I'm not strapping something in my roof again because this is not my fault. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's Way crazy. to go. And it's not even they weren't even that busy. It's seat and sleep, like right around the corner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like right on Sprinkle there. Sure. And they have good stuff there, but like yeah, we bought yeah. our couch there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Morons. Okay. Yeah. Rough man. So anyways. Here's what's super dumb about it. What's that? They gave us a full size bunky board, which a bunky board is um so sounds, bunky, sounds pretty funky. Yeah, it's a. Is it a funky bunky? Board? No, it's a um, box spring. Now, because with, oh. with the way the so box springs really aren't necessary anymore. I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, box springs used to be because you needed extra support on your bed, right? The mattress would be floppy, right? But yeah. now, because they make mattresses the way they do with all the coils and stuff, if you buy a good mattress, you don't actually need uh, a. Um, uh, box spring anymore they just make solid things basically just a hard surface to lay the mattress on mm-hmm. uh, and for kids beds they sell bunky boards which is basically uh, a um, box spring that's like six inches thick hmm. so it means that the bed doesn't have to be so tall so yeah. she can like get in it gotcha <laughs> right so we're like Josiah has a bunk bed so having a regular box spring plus that it would be like friggin tall right yeah. so yeah so I'm a little ticked about it um hmm. uh, but anyways, yeah, it's a bummer. But they can come do it themselves because yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. It's not my fault. No, yeah, do your job. Give me the right. Give me the thing I bought. Right. Yeah. How hard is that? Give me the thing I bought. Pretty tough. Go to a fast food place, man. Yeah, I saw. So we went to uh, Taco Bob's today. I don't know if you like Taco Bob's. That's I'm all right. A, yeah, that's I'm fine. a big aficionado. Yeah. Laurel favorite restaurant in the world is yeah. Taco Bob's. So yeah, we were fine. eating there for lunch today, and um, as we. Uh, uh, as we were, we got there. This girl came in um, and waited in line for like ten minutes because it was really busy. Got her food and left. And then as we were leaving, I was in the car and I saw her walking back in with her full bag of food. So I'm like, they screwed up her order, and she's coming back like thirty minutes later. That is mm. commitment to wanting your order corrected. Like, how yeah. far did she drive? Presumably fifteen minutes, but since it was thirty minutes round trip. But anyway, it's like still, still like. Yeah. Dude, like you're committed. Like I just would have ate whatever you gave me that was wrong and then called and complained and been like, I want some free food when I come back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But anyways. That's that rough. That is super stupid. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um let's see. So um Saturday uh we went to get some food, me and Julio and Chris, and you left. Uh, we so we went across the street to a burger place. Um, yeah, which I was bummed I couldn't go. I was exhausted yeah. and I had a sick kid to get back to, and so yeah, I knew I wasn't going to sleep much, and I didn't. So yeah, so um, and uh, and there was a there was a wait there, um, but uh, sitting outside on the curb or you know on, on the on a on a curb for a plant or whatever, so, hanging out outside was uh, was uh, Thomas, and I don't recall Thomas's last name. He's the uh, the designer of Decrypto, which was uh, there uh, with uh, Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had not met him before, but he knew Chris. Uh, and uh, uh, um, so, and he, he was waiting for his, for his uh, table. He was uh, meeting two friends there, and there were three of us. So we said, hey, maybe we can just combine our table at tables and just do, get at one for, for six people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh so we did that and turned out that they had a they had a back bar in that restaurant that was there were only had eight chairs around that back bar and there were six of us oh all right so uh so we only had to wait for a couple more minutes and and that was that made sense and so they let, let us in and uh and then and uh, right right you know just in the nick of time thomas's friends uh fabian and brian both showed up fabian and brian all three of those guys are are uh, uh french canadian uh, they're from Montreal, mm-hmm. so they had awesome accents, right? Uh, Fabian and Brian were gentlemen that I had met the day before at the Playco booth because they walked by and got really excited about Tea Party. Oh, and nice. I, and I demoed it, and we played through a game together, and they were excited about it. I signed their copy of the game, and it was super fun. So, and then all of a sudden, hey, there they were. Let's and now let's we're gonna have dinner. We're gonna hang out. Nice. Uh, and so it was really. It was just six of us in the back bar. Just having an awesome time, crazy conversations, uh, and then about halfway through dinner, another guy walks back, comes back there. the the uh, The server seats him back there, and Julio waves at him. And uh, it turns out he is, uh, I, I can't say who, but he was uh, the publisher 
one of the publishers that Julio had just signed a game with. Oh, nice. And the, the server had just happened to bring him back there to fill one of the two empty chairs of that back bar to hang out with us. It, you know, just to have oh, to eat, to eat dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so and so the, the seven of us, we were there for like three hours. Wow. Yeah, just eating and hanging out and talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. It was That's really, great. really good time. It was one of those moments that like doesn't always happen you know, mm-hmm. you know, when those convention moments where it, 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 they don't happen every year, but but they happen enough that it, that you, you hope for them. Right. And, and right. when they happen, you, you like, know, hey, this is one of those moments that yeah, that I really understand. makes these things special. Right. And, and like I kind of by about midday on Friday, I kind of regretted going to Origins because my foot hurt so bad. Um, I basically didn't even go on Friday. I just. Uh, uh, you know, I went to the Playco booth for about two hours and then went back to the, my hotel, uh, because mm-hmm. because my my foot was in pain and it just it wasn't doing well for me, and so I was kind of regretting going. And Saturday I had a lot of fun and I was busy all day Saturday, but I was still kind of like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what my foot's gonna be like. Am I gonna be comfortable driving home? What what do I do? And then after that dinner, I was like, man, I'm so glad I came. The whole weekend was worth it for that three hours of just hanging out. That's cool. Getting to know people. Um and just the that kind of happenstance thing. So it's a bummer that you weren't there. Uh, I think you would have really had a good time. Yeah, but knowing that you stayed for three hours, there's no way I could have done that. So. I, yeah, yeah, I know, unfortunately, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um but yeah, that was super fun. Super, super fun. Um yeah, and then uh, uh, after that dinner, Julio and I went back over to the Unpub room and we hung out a little bit. Uh, but I went home or went back to the hotel pretty soon after that. Um, not so soon though that uh, that Julio. Uh, so I was about to leave, and then Julio said, "Hey, let me introduce you to this guy," and he introduced me to the one of the guys from Catalyst. Yeah, and then we and we chatted a little bit, and then he said, "By the way, this guy is working on a BattleTech themed or BattleTech inspired roll and write game." And so the catalyst guy is like, "All right, well, tell me all about it." So it was not a formal pitch, right. but it was one of the again one of those kind of kind of opportunistic moments yeah. where you say, "Hey, this is a thing. I don't want to waste your time. It's not ready yet. We won't do a full pitch, but it's a thing." And uh, one of the questions he asked me was was um, he, he said, "No hexes, no minis. Why? Why? Because I mean those those are those are like iconic right. things. Yeah, right? yeah. So why why no minis?" And I just said, well, you know, because I want to kind of simplify. I want to pull back. I want right. to cha- change the picture of that and, and change what people think about it. Um, but when I am ready to do a full pitch, I mean, number one, he's going to probably already have some thoughts, but he also will have been introduced to the idea. Right. And then number two, I'll probably be better prepared to answer those kinds of questions. Right. right. So it was one of those, again, serendipitous moments Made possible by Julio because he's a rock star. Right, he is that guy. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So Origins was pretty good, and then yeah. I I just left on Sunday morning. I didn't uh, I didn't go back, and I, I was I figured you did. I didn't hear you say anything about coming yeah. over. I was like, yeah, I think Rob left. Yeah, so I I wanted to come back in, but I just again. Oh, I guess I haven't really talked about my foot on the podcast, have I? Uh. Uh, you may have when you first had problems. Yeah. Well, it was right after we started. That's right. right. It's right been a while. There. So I don't know, builders. I, uh, um, I I have gout, which is a which is a um, uh, I don't know. It's not a disease. I don't really know how to how to label it, but it's a it's a buildup of uric acid in your joints, and then uh, uh, you can you can have a flare up or uh, you can get triggered, and that acid will crystallize and turn into little tiny crystals inside your joint, and it's basically like ground up glass in your joints. Uh, so when you have a flare up, it it it's just incredibly incredibly painful. And I've been clear. I, I haven't had a flare up in about seven years, but uh, I had a flare up about two weeks before Origins this year, and uh, I'm still limping now. About two and a half weeks later, um, it's pretty rough. If yeah, you it's any, a really bad one. It's really been really bad. It's the worst I've ever had. Um, so if you n- know anybody who has gout, uh, uh, I I feel for them. <laughs> I feel for them, <laughs> and I would never wish it on my worst enemy. Um, but it, yeah, it's been made, it's made getting around pretty difficult Yeah, I bet. and and it's on my right foot too. So my big toe, Ugh. so driving four and a half hours to origins and back kind of did a number on me. Um, but at any rate, that's why I didn't push myself too hard. Which makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. Any other origin thoughts? 
No, I mean, I only was there for a little over a day, basically, but it, it was worthwhile. Like, I, I yeah. went with a very clear list of what I wanted to get done, and I got it done. And uh, frankly, in four days at Gen Con, that generally doesn't happen, and I yeah. did that at Origins <laughs> in two days, and that felt good. That's great, yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, all right. I guess uh, I guess you have something you want to talk about here. It's time to pitch a game. You're going to, well, you can talk. Yeah, so I'm going to pitch a game uh, I already pitched before, um, uh, but I'm going to, uh, we're going to workshop it a little bit, because I, I kind of had an epiphany with how to make this game work the way I wanted to, and um, so uh, I, I had, I came up with a new theme for another, for a game idea I've been working on uh, recently, and um, then I uh, came up with a way to make it work in a way that I hadn't thought of before, so... Uh, I pitched the game about uh, Alaska where um, you're collecting resources and the hours are shortening and shortening your resource pool. Um, I still really like that. Yeah, and so, I, but I tweaked it a bit. So first of all, one of the ideas you had had, I thought, or somehow we talked about on the show was, if it, what if it wasn't dice? What if it was just cubes, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And, um, and that seemed like that made a lot of sense to me. Um, <clears throat> so I was thinking about, let's say it's cubes, but then I was really trying to think of a different theme because... Uh, Julio and I are using the light theme in our uh, the darkness theme in our our co-op game and I wanted to do something different than that but I really like that idea of reducing resources right so what I came up with was what if uh what if there was uh, a flood coming right like the waters were rising um and you're on one end of the beach or one end of the of the board and on the other end is is where the flood is encroaching. And every round, it encroaches one more line forward. And hey, guess what? When that happens, that's less resources you can collect, right? So it achieves the exact same thing with a completely different theme. And then instead of building a cabin, you're building a boat. Uh, okay. In fact, you're all building a boat. Uh, oh, you're, that reminds me. Have you played the, uh, the game You Must Build a Boat? No. You should talked about it before, though. Yeah, you should you should check that out. So yeah. It's a match-three game. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty w- neat. What is it on? It's, it's on iPhone. Oh, yeah. it's, okay. I think it's probably on Android too. I played. I'll check that out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, so, anyways, the idea is that every round you're going to gather resources and um, use those resources to to build this boat. And it's a roll and write game or a pull and write game. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not bad. So, um, so here's what I've come up with so far. Um, so I like the initial idea that you use these tools and the tools are different shapes, right? Um, you've got. Uh, like a, a T shape, which is a hammer, uh, an L shape, which is an axe, uh, a two, uh, just two boxes, straight line, which is a chisel, mm-hmm. um, one square, which is a plane, like, you know, to, uh, yep. to really do good work. Yep. And then uh, the last one, three, one, two, three in a row is a saw, right? Okay. So those all have different functions, but can all be cross-used in different things, right? Um, like a, a saw can cut down a tree, but it's less as efficient, say, as, as an axe for cutting something down. Or you could clear more theoretically with the axe, but you can't do as good of work with the axe, right? Um, so I thought, what if those tools didn't just collect resources, but also were used to build your boat, right? Whereas you could use an axe to, to shape some stuff on your boat, but the, the saw would probably work better, right? So that sort of thing. Uh, saws are pretty versatile. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Right. I, yeah, so, go on. But for the finishing work, that's what I'm saying, is the saw would probably be better yeah, than an axe. I'm just thinking about cutting down a tree. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. get you. I get you. Um, let's say you're really burly, though. And that swing <laughs> of that axe is, you're like you're like Paul Bunyan, right? Okay. He never used a saw. No. Well, he wouldn't be caught dead with a saw. No. No. Big blue ox. Absolutely. Saw, no nope. way. No, sir. So, okay. So, here's the idea. When I was thinking about, like, in most rolling in some rolling around games, you're shading things in, right? I was like, so if we're all trying to build a boat, like, is it whoever builds it the fastest? Because that's kind of lame because the water's coming, right? So as long as your boat is ready by the time the water gets there, who cares if you were the fastest? And then it clicked. Your boat should be the most seaworthy, right? The person with the most seaworthy boat is going to win, right? There's some legitimacy to that, right? The idea that, yeah. you know, your boat is going to, to float better. And I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. There's something to that. And then it occurred to me, what if uh, two things changed in my mind then? One, that instead of each person having a set of tools, there would be a set of all those tools I mentioned. There'd be two of each and they would be in a pool. And on your turn, you would pick a tool and lay it down. Or you would pick a tool and hold on to it to use that turn to build on your boat. 
Um, but then I was also like, but an axe could work in this situation and so could a saw, right? So how do I differentiate between those two? And that's where I had the really big breakthrough, which was instead of just shading in these circles that you're going to see for the log caps, you're going to write a point value in there based on how good that piece is. Does that make sense? Mm, okay. Like, so for instance, there will be, and the other thing is for resources, right? Wood is your primary resource, right? It's hard to get away from that. So I was like, how do I make multiple types of wood? When I was like, okay, big trees, little trees, right? Or um, big logs, little logs, basically, right? So say dark green, for lack of a better term, and light green, right? Dark green is the big logs, uh, or maybe you could have, actually brown would be good. Brown is the big logs. Green is your uh, smaller trees, right? Sure. Um, so if you're cutting down, if you're using a big log on the bottom, that's boom, base worth two points. But if you have to put two logs together, now it's only worth one, right? So I can use different resources to accomplish, to build the same things, but the point value I earn for doing that is different. And theoretically, thematically makes sense, right? Because I want to use on the bottom really big logs, right? That's going to be better, right? Um, and the idea being that if I add the saw to that, that's going to be plus two points. If I add it, if I use an axe or a hammer, or if I use an axe, it's zero points. If I use a hammer, it's one, right? So the idea being that I could use multiple tools, and then anytime you can put a plane on something, it's going to automatically give you a bonus point as well because that um, you know that's that much you know more fitted you can make something right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then certain areas of the boat for completing them, like you're the bottom of your boat is the most important, right? Because if, if that doesn't work, then your boat's going to sink, right? The, you need a good, the keel. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, the idea is that they're building like a flat raft, right? Oh, building a raft. Okay. So like almost like a houseboat. Like you've got logs on the bottom, little log house on it, right? Sail mm-hmm. maybe, that sort of thing, right? So um, I just quick did that as we were sitting here so that I had kind of a thing reference. Mm-hmm. Um so the bottom part of that boat, the 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 uh, the floor of the boat, or the what is that? What would you call? It? It's not the keel though. It's just like the, the hull. The hull, yeah. The hull of the boat that maybe is like shown to get a times two multiplier for all the points you get in there because that's how important the hull of your boat is, right? The house wouldn't get that multiplier, right? Because yeah, it's important, but really you got to float before you can do anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You'd probably be better off calling that the deck. Honestly, the deck since that's it's a no, flat. Yeah, the raft. deck actually makes way more sense. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, that really changes how the game could work. So, the resources though I'm running into right now uh, that I've been struggling with. Obviously, I can use um, big wood, little wood. There's got to be a better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Logs versus sticks. Yeah, that's your something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, leather. Um, like slash animal hide, right? You know, like um, uh, the idea that, that you could use that for your sale, uh, but you could also use that for different things, rope to strap things together, that sort of thing, right? Well, so you could do you could do leather and then you could also do like hemp for, for rope and, and ties and things, right? Um, That's good too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if, you want, if you don't want to, you know, hemp, you could do jute. Jute is another... Nobody knows what that is. Okay. Well, I mean, it's another plant fiber that was commonly used for rope and, and okay. other materials. Yeah, maybe I won't use... I don't really want to use hemp because I don't want the commentary. I'm like, oh, it's got some hemp. Oh, yeah, shut right. up. Um, yeah. What else can you make rope out of? You can also make rope out of... Uh, hair. That's dumb. H- you, human hair. Yeah. So grow your hair. On this turn, I'm going to focus on growing my hair really yeah. long. Just, just um, concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> Feel it growing. Can't get an extra 16th of an inch. Feel it growing. <laughs> um, um, so anyways. Uh, yeah, well, so I mean, I, I, I so rope, I, I think fabric, because it would take a lot of hides to, to make a sail, you know. I get that, but I get that, but. Uh, yeah, what I'm saying here is like. Uh, and it would be really heavy too, and we're probably not catch the wind well but fabric how am i going to make fabric well maybe you have to uh build a spinning wheel first to turn fibers See, into this is thread. when rob makes games too complicated um <laughs> so yeah presumably you've got a homestead there right so whatever you can weave fabric right you can devote some time you can maybe maybe one of your shapes is is a person and the person is will will go you can send them to your homestead to 
I don't know. Well, well, you know, maybe maybe that's something that instead of tools, you make it people, right? And and you send a person to go chop woods. You send some, a person to to cut it into yeah, planks. The, you send the a person shapes, to go hunting. Though, the shapes make more sense for the uh, the tools, right? You know, um, you know, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, you can mm-hmm. also make rope out of uh, you can also make rope out of leather, right? Or hides. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, food would be another resource, right? Because you want to stock up your food resources and you yeah. get points for that. Um, yeah. So the idea of it, some things could be dual purpose, right? Like I want resources that could be, you could be like, oh, I'm going to use it this way. And then, so there'd be 30 cubes. Um, and this is why, because there's 20 cubes on the board at the start of the first round, right? Yeah. You can keep two, you can keep up to three. So four player game, that would be 12. Um, which means 32, but you wouldn't be able to keep them till after the first round, and every round you're going to lose yeah, oh two. Yeah. So you're fine. Ba boom. Yeah. yeah, you're fine. Uh, so 10 round game, uh, theoretically. Maybe that's too long. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was, then I would just uh, probably like add it, make it three or something, you know, and yeah, figure it out. So, hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd want some resources to be more common than others, right? So that sometimes, like, so if I was hoarding some resources, that actually would mean they weren't showing up out there as often, right? Um, so, so yeah. But yeah. but because resources are multi-purpose, you wouldn't run into the issue of, oh, he's hoarding resources, I can't do this. It would be, he's hoarding resources, I can't make this as good as I want to. But that guy's also being penalized for it too, right? So it's yeah. kind of a trade-off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So... So that's I'm gonna I I would really like to try that. The thing I hate about making a roll and write is that I have to like make a page that you can color in and write stuff on, and I just hate that. Hate 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 that because it's just a bunch of graphic design crap I don't want to do. Well, you could just draw it by hand. And well, uh, now that I've drawn it. it by hand and realized that I can do ends of logs yeah. instead of the sides because that way it makes it easier to sure. have the ends. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So because of that, um. Yeah. I'm happy to give you a, a crash course in Inkscape. It's been super easy to learn. I mean, it's super easy to make circles and squares yeah. and, and resize them and, and move Is Inkscape them free? Yeah. Okay. Well, I might do that then because then I could, if I could get moving in Inkscape, then I could stop paying for Photoshop mm-hmm. just because I know they don't do all the same things, but like. They don't, right. You know, I've I've kind of reached a a, a cycle now where I, I'm, I've started doing like my initial prototyping and initial layout and stuff in Inkscape because it's quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then once I once I get to a point of where I need more polish, I'm moving into Photoshop. But that's because you're really good at Photoshop. I'm, I'm more comfortable yeah. with those tools. And I'm getting better with Inkscape, of course, but I'm a lot more comfortable right now with tools in Photoshop. And there are some things that actually st- I've, I've learned that Inkscape does still do better. In those cases, I'll, I'll do it in Inkscape and, Inkscape and export it as an, as an image file and bring right. it into Photoshop to do the rest of the stuff that I'm comfortable with. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to give you some, some Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll have to download it and start messing with it too and see. It's pretty easy. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard from multiple people. Yeah. So they're good tutorials online too. Cool. All um, right, so that's it. I, right now I'm just calling it Flood. Because like that's you know like it's easy simple name yeah it's very they might be giants so, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I was listening to so. that earlier today actually because I spent about half the day today now that now that I'm back from Origins um, updating prototypes based on feedback right <laughs> yeah 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 I know I'm making some tweaks to Open Newton and then I've got a couple play testers that I'm going to send it out to mm-hmm. who offered to PNP it for me which is super nice of them cool. so yeah yeah those are my next my big next steps I need to do a PNP for Red Planet and for Hardpoint. Um, so I spent most of the day today cleaning up and re- remaking and redesigning my Red Planet um, stuff to make it look a cool. little better. Yeah, for a PNP. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, I did have one uh, Twitter question that was sent in for us for our, uh, the show we recorded at at uh, Origins. So I thought I would uh, read that here. Okay, this is from Ray Miller. He says. How important is the theme of a game when pitching a game to a publisher? Would a game without a theme be easier for publishers to tack a theme onto a game? Well, what are your thoughts? Depends on who you ask. Yeah, Um, and it depends a lot on the publisher too, right? I think the theme is incredibly important to a publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on the publisher though, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Van Ryder games, right? If you come to them with a game, chances are the theme is ultimately important right i mean like if if they hate your theme 
they may be like, well, we could retheme this, but like they don't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they're not going to have that connection to right. it that they want. Yeah. And they want their games so steeped in theme and theme justified yeah. with all the mechanics that like that's important, right? Yep. Other companies that I can think of wouldn't give a crap about that, right? Like, oh, right. whatever, I'll just paste another theme on it. You know, neither one of those things is wrong for the record. It really yeah. depends on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would turn that around to how important is the theme to you as the designer? And that is what's more important mm-hmm. because you have to understand if you're going to be precious about it or if you're going to be okay with it getting swapped out, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, I think I think theme, it's always good to have a good theme, a catchy theme, um, something that is either very familiar and easy to access or something that is very unique and, and that will make a, a publisher right. go, oh, that's interesting, right? Right. Um, th- those are the two ways to take that. That said, you need to also be prepared for that theme to to be dismissed at some point. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably I've never done it before, but I think it's probably harder to pitch an abstract than to pitch something with a theme. In America, I would say absolutely. Yeah. I think in like Germany and other places, you see more with like just weird themes tacked on that don't really matter. Yeah. I mean, if you were pitching a game to all the places that, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy who's, uh, that Reiner Knizia was pitching to? They don't care about the. They're just like, we have this theme generator and we just throw it on your math <laughs> and it works out great. Yeah. Well, but I mean, we're talking about people at our level, right? And, right. Not, not at, not at our level, I'd say theme matters a lot. Yes. Right. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Right. So. Anyway, that was the only Twitter question that we had. Um, any other final thoughts about Origins or, I don't know, about the rest of the year? What are we looking at here? We're about halfway through 2018. Yeah, it's prepping for Gen Con at this point. Yeah, I guess so. That's um, the next big thing. We both missed the speed dating at Origins. Didn't even know it was happening. Right. Um, I was talking to James. I can never remember James's last name. Maith. No. Um, no? Somebody else? Uh, he's, he's. Oh, James Myers? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, right. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the guy who did speed dating. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he was telling me that the 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 speed dating group, uh, James Math Matthew Math, whatever, um, uh, who organizes speed dating, that he is putting together a, a dedicated website for that, and that in the future you're going to have to, um, in order to apply Be a the, member, you're well, you're going to sign up for the website, right? And then you're going to have to upload your uh your cell sheet and apply for a position in the. Uh, in the speed dating, and then that the sell sheets will be reviewed and voted on, and then um, that'll that's how you'll get a, a position. That I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's public voting. I don't. Yeah, that I think, sounds terrible. Well, I mean, it's not too different from what I did last year for Gen Con. I did have to submit my sell sheet in advance, and uh, to, to to get approved. To me, that feels like he was getting too many submissions and didn't want to deal with it. So he decided to do that to well, reduce the number of submissions. If he's got limited seats, you know, at the speed dating, you got to do it somehow. I guess. I don't know. I don't I know. Just think, I think raising the bar for entry mm-hmm. is always is always crappy when it comes to new designers. Well, it right? just it means that, that he's going to force people to be better prepared, which is probably a good thing. But some people can't be like, for instance, you can be more prepared than your average game designer because you can graphic design your own stuff and make it look good, right? which means you have a better chance of getting in there. Not necessarily a better chance for the co- a publisher. depends on the publisher. But in getting it through him, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a big difference, right? Yeah. That's a, that's, I'm going to call that an unfair advantage because you don't have to spend money to do that when others might have to, right? Raises the bar, the bar for entry might, in a negative way. Might choose to. I wouldn't say have to. If you want to get by him, though, well, I know well, so, that's why that's why I say it, it, my understanding is that it's going to be voted on by right. a group of people, not just his right. decision. Okay, yeah. I just I know that I've heard things before where he's made comments about as he it, that if it that it looked good, so it was more likely to make it through. Okay, yeah, and I so, that's I hadn't heard those that, are secondhand but, comments, but yeah, I don't know. so I, I don't know. At any rate, um, I'm still not sure that I'm going to be I'm going to put in for the speed dating this year. Uh, um, I I know now that I got more work to do on Hardpoint. And Red Planet's not going to be ready. So I don't think I'm going to put in for speed dating this year. I just don't think I have, have anything that's going to be in the right yeah, position. I don't know that I do either. So yeah, I might so. try and do some pitches, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I won't. Maybe yeah. I'll just waste Gen Con. That's what I do sometimes. Sure. Like every year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, my, my, my push, I, I am going to push forward with Red Planet and Hardpoint. My hope is that I'll be able to get Hardpoint into a, a position where I'll feel comfortable reaching out to Catalyst about it. Um, Red Planet, um... I'm just going to focus on getting them print and play 
put together so that I can get more feedback. And I'm going to do that for both. Um, but Red Planet is the one that I want to... Because I, I need larger groups of people to play it for me. Because um, around here, I'm lucky if I can get four people together to play it. You know? Right, yeah. Um, and I really want to make sure I get some tests in with six and eight. Oh, yeah. Because that, I mean, that could be terrible or it could be great, right? And yeah. You'll never know until you see it happen. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, at any rate. Um, cool. Okay. Oh, then that's going to be it for, for us tonight. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can send us an email to buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at podcastbtg. Jason is at jaslingerlin. I'm at poorly underscore designed. Like us in places and give us good reviews on podcast stuff. Uh, call our Google voice number at 770-HOTEL-BTG. Our website is buildingthegamepodcast.com. Um, and uh, that's it i always lose track at the end there uh get a copy of epic monster tea party go to playcogames.com uh you can get saloon tycoon on amazon uh go to uh grandgamersguild.com to get a copy of unreal estate uh go to buildinggamepodcast.com to get a copy of water balloon washout is that still on there it is. It is. Still, I still have limited copies available. Okay, running out. Uh, and of course, at GameCrafter.com, you can buy Treasure Trouble and finish it, the Outrageous Storytelling Party Game. Uh, and that's... Oh, and the Rumpel Bum Academy for bug-based picking. Okay, that's all the plugs. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Does that sound okay to you? Probably use... No, that sounds good, yeah. One, two, three to the four. Snoop, Doggy Dog, and Dr. Dre, your door. I think that's how that goes. I don't know. I don't know. Says so like one, two, three to the foa. I think that's kind of how he says it. But one, know. two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor. Five, six, seven. Now, if you don't know, let me show, show you, you how. Five, six. Seven, oh gosh, eight. I so I found that album again recently. <laughs> Did you? It's still really good. Oh, it's by a the great way. album, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's yeah. it is one of the worst things I feel like I've ever let invade my ears in oh, my life. It's vile and <laughs> disgusting and so good. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. 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 That is a great description of it. Yeah. It is vile and amazing.